listening to The Lit Lounge, a podcast for readers and book lovers. Join us, a group of friends, English teachers and bookworms, as we chat about our love of all things literary and share our reading habits. Welcome to this episode of The Lit Lounge, and we've got a really, really exciting episode today, haven't we, Laura? Uh, yes, we do. Um, for starters, um, it's me and Beth today, but Rose is not with us. Hooray! She... No, not hooray. <laughs> Didn't mean... Sorry, Rose. Didn't mean that. Rose is off wrestling bears and, and no. embodying her polar explorer No, she's not. She liked how much... Uh, she liked my idea of the snake tag, and she's gone to get her own. So she'll oh, be back okay. with us when she's got that. Got a little collection of uh, reptilian <laughs> tanks joining us here. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, we've got three guests with us today from Year 8. We've got Ben, Sean and James. Hello. Hello. So, um, so today they're here to tell us a little bit about the books that they've been reading Sorry. and then some stories that they've been writing as well, which is really great. Um, so, does anybody want to tell us maybe about a book that you you love or a book that you've been reading first? Okay, well, the books I read are from the Warhammer universe, which is a grim, dark setting in the 41st millennium, where all hope of science has been gone, and now the world is filled with monsters and demons. It's a really unique setting because it's a game, and the game I play can link into the story really well, and it's really interesting to look at the books through the perspective of your favourite characters. Okay, so... um. So you'd go to, like, the, the club here, don't you? Yeah, there's a club every Monday after school, and there are tons of other like-minded people who really love Warhammer, and we introduce people every day to try it. Okay, so the Warhammer books, like, they have their own sort of story, each one as well? Yep. So there are different series of books. There are standalone books. But the thing is, with Warhammer, you can be whatever you want to be. You can play any faction, any character, make up your own stories, and do what, like what you like with friends. And that's what people really like about Warhammer. That's why they start it. What um what sort of character do you have then? My favorite army is called the World Eaters, and they're led by a guy called Khan the Betrayer, who's been infected with a surgical implant known as the Butcher's Nails who drives them to crave rage and violence. It is a very grim, dark setting, and is quite scary for younger audiences. <laughs> that sounds so interesting, though. Like, I think um, there's a really strong connection between games, whether they be kind of, you know, board games or video games, and, um, and storytelling. And I think that a lot of people kind of look at literature and think, oh, that's really old school. But actually... Like there's so many games out there that are inspired by literature and that store you know, these kind of high fantasy stories and there's there's games that are kind of directly being created from books like The Witcher. There's yeah. a strong connection there, and yeah, like you said, Warhammer, which is hugely popular, yeah. um, and that kind of immersion, that kind of choosing your own adventure, choosing where um, where your character goes oh. next, and the choices your character makes, and the the impact that those choices have is is really exciting. And it's again, it's that really kind of unique experience that we've talked about with reading as well. So yeah, it sounds really really interesting. It is really really interesting. Mm. Uh, what about you, Ben? Uh, I had a set of books for Christmas. Uh, who I from who I'd never heard of before. Uh, he's he's an ex SAS uh, soldier Ooh. called Chris Ryan and. He's written a load of series, um, yeah, and... Uh, are they, they non-fiction books? Uh, no, they're, fic they're fiction, oh, right, with okay. a little bit of non-fiction side, so it's, a, it's okay. like real places, real settings, mm. but with fictional characters, and yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So, like, what kind of... What, so is it all about, like, him being an SAS? Uh, he's written books like that, but uh, there's also ones where it's, like, a group of teenagers who are recruited... Um, to do undercover missions where an adult couldn't go. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, it's just cool to read. Mm, sounds really interesting. So a bit like a adventure... Yeah, action-adventure series, which is my favourite genre. Mm. Sounds a bit like kind of Alex Ryder, but yeah. even more like death-defying and edgy. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really good. You've read a lot of the Alex Riders, yeah. haven't you? I've read them all. They're read so them all. good. Us three really, really like Alex Ryder. We've read the whole series. We oh, love the oh, author. Oh. It's really thrilling and all the books, they're really exciting. They keep you on the seat. New danger every book and more dangerous than the last one. And we three love it. 
Yeah, I've only read Skeleton Key, but um, yeah, I loved that book. That was really good. They were all really good. Mm. Yeah, I've read up to, oh, I can't remember. I don't think I've read maybe the most recent one, but um, yeah, I've read all the others and it's it's just really unique. Like that and um, Charlie Higson's Young Bond. Oh, I thought um, that as well. Yeah, that. they're really good as well. Just it's really nice kind of unique take. You know, so many young adult books are fantasy or dystopia. Yeah. So it's quite nice reading a straight up action yeah. spy thriller yeah. isn't mm. it like relatable stuff like in the streets of london or in places you've been on holiday you know where they are and you can familiarize yourself instead of in a fantasy where you don't really know what it looks like because sometimes yeah. places are hard to describe with words uh but if you've like seen the place if it's like a real f- non-fictional place then you kind of imagine it and you can see the story better in your mind yeah. yeah, I think definitely. I think it's just really cool as well. Like, I love I well we all know that I love fantasy books, and I if I could live my life as an elf, then I probably would. <laughs> but there is something just really cool about those books. The fact, like you said, it's a real setting, and you can really imagine these things happening. And then when you you know you you hear about and and watch kind of these the crime dramas that again are set in these kind of settings you can imagine those sorts of things happening and and things escalating and yeah they just it's just really cool stuff to read mm. it is what about you james i i love in um reading non-fiction books mm-hmm. um i find them fascinating i love history yeah um i don't really read through one book um i just sort of take fancy for anything um, find something lying around, I'll read it. Yeah. Like a blurb on a book or a magazine. So what's your, like, favourite, like, part of history that you like to read about? Um, I love the Roman era. Yeah? What, what, what excites you about that? Um, the architecture is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm fascinated by all the troops that they used in the wars. Mm, very interesting. Yeah. So are you the kind of person that will be reading three or four books at a time? Or might kind of dip into one and then dip into another and go back. And yeah. I'm very impressed because I find that very, very difficult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suppose that's kind of the beauty of nonfiction, though, isn't it? That you can, like, a lot of them are, like, um, section-based section, um, as well, especially with, like, history books. You can sort of pick up a bit, find out what you want to know, and then you go back to it later if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like um, kind of... The, I'm I'm thinking about kind of non-fiction, like the the big serious, um, kind of non-fiction tomes that you'll find in a, in the library, or do you do you quite like sort of humorous fiction, uh, non-fiction like horrible histories and that sort of thing? Um, I prefer the serious stuff. Yeah. The, the horrible history stuff. Um. No. The. Oh, the book. serious stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, like the big heavy books that you yeah. just slam down yeah. on the desk. Yeah, you really like feel that. like you're consuming knowledge when yeah. you read those books, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so the other thing that we were going to talk about was the stories that you've been writing because the three of you have collaborated on a story in the past and now you're halfway through the sequel to that. Yeah. 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 Okay. You want to tell us a bit about maybe the first one? So the book is based in the SCP universe, which is about strange anomalies and creatures, which are contained by a mysterious society known as the Foundation. And they have cells and prisons which they hold them in. But the thing is, there's tons of stories about it. People will take it and they'll create a story about it from scratch. And there are thousands of different SCPs and people love the sense of danger. And they can even create their own SCPs if they want, because there's a whole wiki which you can create your own on. And it's really cool. And we've decided to make our book on that. Wow, yeah. that sounds really interesting. So is this, is this like part of the whole Warhammer universe thing or is it a branch uh, of This is a separate one. They're right, both okay. equally quite big. But um, we would see something on the internet or watch a video and then we'll just put our knowledge and ideas and passions into this story and we'll just write about it and talk about all the different things you learn about. So, you know, like when we were talking earlier, you said like fantasy can be hard to describe. Yeah, did, yeah. did you find that hard or like how did you go about just getting that fantasy world in like the image of that? Well, so, some bits of it were quite hard to describe, like the actual facility itself, because... It doesn't it either doesn't exist or no one's ever heard about it or been told about it because they keep everything classified. Mm. Um, but some bits are quite easy, like uh, the location of it, um, like the surrounding area, because uh, it was mainly just like located just in the middle of a dense forest mm-hmm. uh, with nothing around it. So that was quite easy to describe and like, uh, yeah, where it was set. Okay. 
Um, so, like, how, what was it like working together? Because, like, we've talked about writing before, but I've never written with anyone else. So, how did you go about that? Well, like, we shared a Google, we shared a Google Docs, and we just just do it whenever we could. Free time at home, spare time in lessons. We would write over each other's work, adding own positive information, giving back construct consecutive feedback, and just sharing each other's ideas and thoughts into this book and it's really interesting to write about something that you and your friends really like and you think pretty much the same way um did, was there any ever any time that you sort of disagreed on things some of the facts get mixed up but uh we always seem to find a way to get over it with just extensive research mm. it mostly proved efficient yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It That's must, a good idea. It must be really interesting to, like, the fact you're writing on the same document to kind of read someone else's voice and someone else's perspective on maybe a part of the story that yeah. you've kind of thought of, but then you look at it and you think, oh, look, they've they've written about it like this. I wouldn't have done it like that, but you know, this is really interesting, and I actually really like this. And yeah, I think it's a it's a really interesting way to write, and you kind of get the best of everyone then. Yeah, yeah. We each would have our own area of expertise, and like James would do the combat scenes, Ben would normally (laughs) describe the SCPs, and I would do the surroundings and the environment, the people working there, the personalities. But we each had our own area, and we just put it together, and we thought about it, and we just decided to create the story, which we all really love. You can write a book much quicker that way as well. So, uh, if you ever wanted to publish it. You could write them quicker and then get more money from it as well. <laughs> Good thinking, thinking ahead, yeah. <laughs> um, did you like divvy up those plans, that, those roles before you wrote, or did you just find them naturally? I think we just found them more naturally, really. Yeah, as, yeah. yeah. Hmm. as I was reading through the docs, you could just kind of see, because everyone has their own unique writing style, and you could kind of see who had written what just because of the way they had written and how the, structure, the sentences were structured. And everyone, we collaborated together really well. And then, and now there's a sequel. There is a sequel, yes. which is in the making. Yeah. <laughs> Are we allowed to know anything about that yet? Or is um, that under wraps? Mostly quite mysterious. It's going to be, got... hopefully, as good as the first one. But, you know, we try to do our best. The rest is classified. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I can't wait to read it. Um, yeah. You'll have to send me the first one again, because I know I saw it last year. Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, maybe we could, like, read it in uh, English, maybe in a library lesson or something. That yes. would be nice. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah, and then once you get the sequel, keep us in the loop. Yeah, the whole series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, thank you so much for coming to join us and oh, sharing with us your recommendations. And we very much look, look forward to reading more of what you write in the future yes. as well. Thank you for inviting us. Thank, thank you. you so much. And welcome back to the Lit Lounge. You just, uh, yeah, you just listened to um, to the fantastic boys talking about their writing projects and sounding amazing doing so. Uh, yeah, um, really, really impressive, uh, impressive work from them. And I really, really can't wait to hear and see what they've written too. Mm-hmm. And you may have noticed the dulcet tones of Rose. She's back. <laughs> I feel like she really put on a voice of like... Luxury now, <laughs> dulcet tone. Hello, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we did mention in the last episode that you were sorting your snake tank out. Uh, how's the snake tank doing? How yeah, the there, there was a two for one offer. Um, I've got a big one and a small one. Big snakes or big tanks? So, both tanks and snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at children. <laughs> yeah, like, what's the... Um, oh, no. I always want to say Negrini, but I think that's an alcoholic beverage. What's the Negroni? Negroni. What's Negroni as the alcoholic? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Negrini um, is now safely tucked away under some... What are snakes? They live in blankets. Okay, go tiny caves. Yeah, I forget that you're the resident snake expert. Snake expert. Yes. Yeah. Come to me for your snake information. <laughs> if you wish to read about characters with snakes as pets and doing weird things with them, then *A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes* and <laughs> *Harry Potter* is a good place <laughs> to start. That should definitely be a theme for one of our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, snake Laura's going to love that one. She's uh, she's all over that. I'm, I'm doing it's the Bible. I'm doing the Bible. I'm going that. Oh, <laughs> Snake. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about some uh, some stories where people plot behind. Oh, do Macbeth. That's what oh, I'll do. Yeah, Plotting nice. behind each other's backs. Mm. 
Ooh, you're using the, the kids' version of snakes there. Yeah, snakes. <laughs> Snaking on people. Yeah. Because <laughs> now we've started making TikToks, I'm basically down with the kids. You are, mm. you are pretty cool, Beth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward silence. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all, it's all that um, knowledge of Lord of the Rings that makes you the coolest. Yeah, when well, I think right? Cinder and all the kids are like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of really cool things that everyone wants to be part of, uh, we mm. are very excited to launch our next Lit Lounge giveaway, um, where you will have the chance to win a fantastic Lit Lounge merch branded goodie bag of awesomeness. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> who needs yeah. a soundboard when you have friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't love freebies, right? Exactly. Branded freebies. Exactly. So you get to be the envy of all your friends in school because you have exclusive, not able to be purchased on the open market, <laughs> merch. Black market, lit lounge stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be seeing it on eBay at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, there'll be a few other bits and bobs in there as well. We'll make it uh, a nice little gift. Yes, little we'll make sure that some of the goodies will be edible and some of the goodies will be enjoyable. But mm. all of them will be fantastic. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. You so what have they got to do? Please tell us, Beth, what do they have to do in order to win that giveaway? Well, in order to win that giveaway, ladies and gents, all you need to do is either find yourself a few great books or find yourself a few great books and some friends <laughs> and sit down and record a podcast segment about said books or reading or your favourite book or basically um, what we do here for about five minutes. Yeah, mini a mini version. Yeah, so we're looking for you to share your love of reading or share your love of a particular book or series. Um, and if there's something that you know, you've know you read and we haven't talked about it yet and you're listening to us sometimes and thinking, why aren't they talking about that? Well, now is your chance to get it recognised and get it represented on the podcast. So um, we are looking for you to record either by yourself or you can record in a group of up to four people and we're looking for a segment of around five minutes if it goes slightly under or over then that's fine but around five minutes is what we're aiming for um, and you can record it on whatever device you have um, ipads or uh, or phones work fantastically well and then um, we'll send you details of uh, kind of how to submit and any kind of um, answer any other questions that you might have um, on our Google Classroom, on our social media, and of course, you can come and ask any of us as well. Yeah. Get involved. Yeah. Bring some books about snakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get extra points for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will be impartial. If you don't like snakes, then it's fine. I won't. <laughs> Uh, so yeah the the winning uh segment will of course be featured on the podcast and indeed any highly commended segments that we really love will also be recorded um or, or used as part of the podcast as well and uh yeah then we will um be deciding and announcing uh the winners uh once we get some in so um you'll have over easter and uh a couple of weeks after easter to get it uh in and again dates and all of the kind of fine-tuned details will be on our social media so get thinking get excited get recording and uh look forward to seeing the winner of the goodie bag on social media very soon yeah good luck really fun i think yeah mm. <laughs> um so we're going to talk about series book series this uh episode aren't we ladies yeah, yeah we heard some really interesting book series didn't we from um Ben, Sean, and James. Yes, we did. Um, ben particularly was talking about Alex Ryder, wasn't he? Mm, yeah. Very popular. Yes. So Fantastic book series. You've inspired us, boys, to talk about some series. Mm. Woohoo! Laura, do you want to kick it off? Yes. In so, style. All right. So I'm going to talk about two book series that I like. Both very light-hearted. Um, so the first one I thought I'd talk about is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, which is yeah. Which a classic by Douglas Adams. It's got a place in my heart as well. Yeah. I yeah. only read it a couple of years ago, actually, and I got it as a Kindle daily deal. And it gave and it gave you all five books. I think it's five. For 99p. Um, and oh, wow. I just, like, tore through them because they're just hilarious. Um, so if you don't know, it's about uh, Arthur Dent, who is a man in his dressing gown, who <laughs> wakes up one day and finds that his world is the earth um, is being destroyed to make a intergalactic 
highway and he has to leave his planet with a couple of different people to 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 travel around i guess it's a real adventure isn't it like a whimsical kind of silly adventure and so unique i think the story and the writing style are just so different to anything else that is out there douglas adams did he finish all of that series like was he he wrote them all yeah he wrote them all yeah cool but he's just hilarious like i uh, that's one series of books that i found myself laughing out loud in public whilst (laughs) reading because they are that's a really special book that does that yeah yeah Yeah, really good i really like i know that this is probably a really unpopular opinion but i i really like the film version as well i've never seen it all the way with martin with martin freeman and and alan rickman is the paranoid android yeah marvin yeah and stephen fry um there's the narrator bits as well and it's i don't know i know that it's it's not a patch on the book but Mm. it just captures a little bit of the eccentricity yeah yeah of the books it's a proper british film isn't it yeah all those british actors that were sort of some not so big like martin freeman hadn't really gained much yeah fame at that point but then you've got those like staple actors like alan rickman and, and stephen fry who just pop up in good yeah. things don't they oh, yeah the writing itself is quite like british as well mm. i feel mm. like it's got a lot of kind of uh understated kind of uh thought processes yeah. that arthur mm. dent has he's like an every man isn't he yeah um who's could... in a very strange world yeah, yeah. i can't i can't imagine an american author writing a hero in no. a dressing gown with a towel yeah yeah oh no forget your towel yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, such good books yeah and there's some really good like ideas in, in the first one i haven't read all of the series i've got to be mm. honest but the first one and the idea with the is it rats or mice and the the whole uh meaning of life question that yeah. is very silly and funny yeah uh yeah it's a good pick actually it's yeah really good one. i like i like the way the characters work together like you've got um What's his name? Safford Be- Beeblebrot. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, like he's really like outlandish, isn't he? And then Arthur, and then you've got like Marvin, the paranoid android, who's just really depressing. Oh. And then like there's like Ford Prefect as well. And then you yeah. just got Arthur Dent like stuck in the middle, and yeah. he's like our vo- he's like our eyes to it all, isn't he? Like we just witness this sort of chaos around yeah, him. Yeah. I love that. And he's just left bemused by it all. Yeah, he's struggling to just get a cup of tea yeah. and chill out. He's got a very sort of like British attitude to it as well, hasn't yeah. he? Like yeah. Stoic. <laughs> just get yeah. on with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. What was your yeah. second one? Uh my second one, um <laughs> funnily enough, is Goosebumps. Oh <laughs> yeah, another classic. Through a bit of nostalgia, I thought Goosebumps, if I think of book series, that is a book series that I loved. Yeah, like, I, did I bought too. so many of those books. Yeah. And devoured them. Mm. Um Have you got a favourite? Oh, I like Night of the Living Dummy. Mm. And it came from under the sink. That's <laughs> a really good one. I just love the covers because the covers yeah. were really like, bright colours. And I just remember it was like bright pink and the, this thing coming out from under the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that actually Goosebumps was one of my first earliest memory of reading something that I really enjoyed. You know, when you yeah. pick up, open a book and you think, oh, yeah. I'm actually really mm. invested in this. I'm getting kind of chills while you're sat there like, Ooh. Yeah, and once you finish it, like the next, you just want the next one straight yeah. away. Um, and my mum was always really fed up because every time we go somewhere, I'd be like, can I have another Goosebumps book? We go to Stubbery Smith, can I have another Goosebumps book? <laughs> she got a bit annoyed when I got to like my 20th. I, I thought you were going to say she got really annoyed when you got up to your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> can I have another Goosebumps book, please? Yeah. <laughs> Buy it yourself, Laura. <laughs> oh no, it's from my mum. <laughs> I think they were, I remember them being, like, there's certain books that were kind of staples of the scholastic fold-out bookshelf. Mm, yeah. Like, the, it was the, and for me it was Famous Five I remember buying and just devouring yeah. so I know so Famous Five have kind of not really aged very well but mm. still like fantastic stories and again like a massive series and as soon as you read one you want to kind of pick up another but yeah. do you remember that just the excitement I know I've said this so many times but the excitement of that scholastic like yeah. fold-up bookshop being wheeled into the hall and then yeah. it opens up and you're like ah this is amazing do I we bought... still do that do like do schools I, in primary I, still do that in my old school it happened okay so like i don't know if it was a pre-covid if covid affected it but i remember it happening in mm. one of my schools I worked we in. definitely had book fair here 
yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we did, We've yeah, definitely before done it. lockdown, we did, Yeah, didn't we? I don't know whether they've, they've done it for the last couple of years, but the, yeah, they would have them, up, and it's that idea of you get the trade price books, and but you used to get a little paper... Do you remember you used to get the paper magazine yeah, and then on the back yeah. there was the like the big Fill list. Out. Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah. nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. And it had that, there's a really specific smell and you got to like, you put, you just ticked in the boxes which yeah. ones you want is. I oh. bought The Lottie Project by Jacqueline Wilson. Oh, from yeah. There. Oh, and I loved it. Jacqueline Wilson was another big hitter in the yeah. book fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And it was like when, so you'd order them and then there was the delay. And that's the thing, you don't get that yeah. so much now with like yeah. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime and stuff. It's the delay of... Yeah. Order it, and then like three weeks later, oh, they'd all arrive in that packages. Yeah. And, and you'd come out with score with it. Oh, it's so good. You'd kind of yeah. forgotten what you'd ordered and then you'd open it up and be like, oh, Christmas! Oh, yes! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so good. Can I say one more thing about Goosebumps yeah. as well? Yes. Um, do you, I don't know if anyone, if either of you read them, but they had ones where you could pick what happened next. Oh, cool. Like choose your own adventure books. Yeah. So you got a certain way through and it'd be like, if you, if you want this to happen, turn to this page. Otherwise, if you choose this, go to this page. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So that was like, it was like the internet before the internet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a, a role play game before it's, they yeah, were like about. Really good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love those books. Yeah. It's really like, unique again, aren't they? And if you did it like wrong and you died, you just turn back and go back yeah. to choose the other yeah. option. You'd yeah. be like, I'm just going to choose. <laughs> I was like, I was R.L. Stein for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good, they're good picks, actually. I feel like that's really taking me back. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Beth, what have you, what have you chosen? What, what's your series My, Mine pick? are both more, uh, miserable is not the right word, but they're both more kind of hard hitting, should we say. Um, goosebumps were hard hitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, don't come that sink. So I've got two that are kind of quite—they're from the same genre, apparently, but um, kind of quite contrasting. Uh, the first is the Selection series, which I found to be—it um, was—they're very easy reads, uh, and I think they're called novellas actually because they're all quite short as well. Mm. Uh, there's like a series about eight of them, and I read them all over a weekend. Um, and they not much um, going on in your social life that weekend. No, I think so. Honestly, so the side side note: what happened was that weekend we went and stayed in um a B an Airbnb thing in Shrewsbury that we were kind of gifted, and the people who ran this Airbnb were the craziest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and we were so scared. They so they they served you food and then they stood over you. And we go, oh, God, I didn't do that right. Oh, God, I didn't. And, like, critique their own food while you were eating it. Oh, so strange. And would just be very overbearing. So after one meal down there, we locked ourselves in our room. Um, we So we, we went out to town, bought a load of food, locked ourselves in our room and just read the entire day. Oh, Which actually turned out to be amazing. Yeah, that's really fun. Um, mm. But came about because of a very, very kind of faulty Towers-esque experience beforehand. <laughs> anyway, so that's these. These are what I read um, while I was there. Um, and uh, this is about. So the cover looks very stereotypically feminine, quite girly. It's a woman in a like a, a ball gown. Um, but it's a dystopian uh, series of novels, and it's about um, a girl who's been selected to enter the selection and um it's kind of referred to as the hunger games meets the bachelor it's not as violent as the hunger games but the idea is um that whoever wins gets to be gets to marry the prince and be like the queen so it's kind of like i suppose if cinderella was written about today with more knowledge of kind of media and competitions it would kind of be like that Mm, um but it's but it kind of gets a little bit darker and a little bit more dystopian i suppose when um when all the politics comes out and and it's again it kind of plays on the idea that the media is presenting things that aren't real and it's meant to be all these kind of innocent girls that were plucked at random and actually they're not and everyone's got this hidden agenda and um and yeah it's it's a really kind of interesting series of events and then uh when you eventually find out who is crowned as the queen of the selection um it kind of tells you about the aftermath and again sort of the political fallout of that and um and sort of the personal fallout of relationships and and things so yeah it's um it's really it's just really interesting and it it makes you question it makes you question kind of fairy tales as well and the fact that like a prince isn't as innocent and 
uh, kind of upstanding as he might seem. And these princesses are actually quite terrifying and scheming. And yeah, it's, it's just a really interesting setting for quite a sort of straightforward dystopian plot. But yeah, it's an easy read and it's quite nice. Um, uh, quite nice to have a, a chilled read of a weekend. So yeah. yeah it sounds like a dystopian version of The Bachelor. Yeah, it's literally like that's kind of what is what it's meant I mean, to be. The Bachelor is pretty dystopian if you think about yeah. it. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, but if you think about like how popular those sorts of programs are, like Married at First yeah. Sight and all that stuff, it's, it's, yeah. it's taking that and kind of um, Love Island. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like raising the stakes and saying, okay, so there's it's the love match, but also it's you get to rule a kingdom at the same time. So there's like politics involved, which is kind mm. of cool. So yeah, that's uh that's my first my first pick. Yeah, I can imagine like similarly to things like Too Hot to Handle and Love Island, I imagine the mental health repercussions mm. of games like that. Yeah. Maybe it's touched upon, I don't know, but Yeah, so it's like uh, there's different different girls deal with it in different ways and um like they because if you're in that game and you get so far and then you decide that's not what you want, you're stuck. You and it's like out. the impact of mm. that. And, and the fact that every move you make is monitored by cameras and every move you make is monitored like, uh, in terms of what you're wearing and how you're wearing your hair and what colour you're wearing, all of those things. And then the impact that that has on how you live your life. And but I suppose as well as a commentary on like the royals as well, because that's what we do. We yeah. overanalyze everything they do. Yeah, um, especially now with social media and everything. So you can't it, hide, can you? Exactly. And and, and everything is over analysed, isn't it? Mm. So everything is overthought to kind of preempt that. Mm. And it, how do you live an authentic life then? Yeah, you and can't, can exactly. You? Then the authenticity kind of disappears. So then the authenticity has to happen in these like secret corners. But then is it authentic or is that exciting because it's secretive? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a real kind of rabbit hole. So Interesting. Yeah, Sounds it's good. a deceptively simple like plot, whereas actually there's an awful lot you kind of explore, yeah. which is kind of cool. So yeah, um, that's that's that one. And then to kind of go from something that's quite um, uh, part of quite a small world to something that's epic is Red Rising. Um, so Red Rising is, fingers crossed, going to be turned into either a series or a film. And it totally should be because it's one of the most interesting worlds um, that I've read probably since like like Lord of the Rings Um when I when I read that, so this is a uh, um, a dystopian sci-fi, and um, it's based on the idea that humans have colonized all the planets in the solar system, um, and basically we're now ranked uh, in hierarchy uh, according to color. So reds, red rising, reds are the lowest. They do the manual labor. They work in the mines. Um, if you think about kind of District 12, The Hunger Games, that kind of life. Okay, yeah. Um, and it follows Darrow, who is a red, and horrific things. I will say that this book does not hold back. Like, there are horrific things that happen to him, um, him being exploited, his family being exploited in the opening chapters, which really sets up the fact that he is so motivated to do what he then does. So there's a real hierarchy of colours, and right at the top, there's the golds, um, and the golds are these like superhuman augmented humans that have like wings and superpowers and super muscles and are kind of like the closest thing to gods that we could possibly have. Like your teachers. Basically, yes. Yeah. Mm. But not as cool. <laughs> not as cool. They and haven't they got lit lunch mugs. That's true. <laughs> and they don't own as many snakes. So I mean, are they, they are they even are they even golds? <laughs> let's be honest. Um yeah, so the, like the idea is, is that it's very much these lower these lower echelons are repressed and the upper echelons have everything. Mm. Um, so as a result of the oppression and the horrific things that have happened, Darrow basically decides to impersonate a gold. But in order to do that, because they look completely different, he has to go undergo major surgery to add muscles and to change in What's his appearance. That film? It makes suddenly sounding a bit like that film um that's a dystopian with Jude Law and Ethan Gattaca. Hawk. Yes. Such has a good got, film. Has it got like elements of that? Sort of, like... yeah. So he okay. it's that level. You know where in that film, like every night he has to scrub himself to get all his skin cells off. Yeah. It's like that level of commitment. Um wow. and he has to then so he has to go 
so he used to go to like these gold training camps and train himself up and obviously he's because he's lived in this place where he doesn't have the same nutrition he doesn't have the same upbringing he doesn't have the same advantages as these people so he has to work with that um and basically the series of books takes you through this idea that he he rises to Mm -hmm. gold his aim was to then get to gold and sort of protect his people and um overhaul the system that neglects these these lower colors bring it down from Um, the inside yeah yeah but then but then the process kind of changes him and his priorities change and yeah um it's about i think it's on book six now it's still going so pierce brown writes it um and it's uh yeah it's a series that's still kind of going and um he rises to gold like in the second or third book but the journey itself is really interesting so i know that it kind of sounds like a spoiler but you know he's going to get there Mm. it's more about the journey and how being immersed in this world can change you um and it's just such a it's not often that you read a really lovely sci-fi book nowadays i don't know i feel Mm. like it's it's so original and um the the politics and the world all the like tiny little intricacies of a world that has this system in place and has had the system in place for like I think it's like 700 years they the planets have been colonized so it's just really cleverly put together and written and I think it's going to make an amazing series if they make it so mm. yeah yeah sounds good yeah yeah it's a really really interesting one so, yeah it's like the corruption love a bit of corruption yeah in book. me too love a bit of that. <laughs> want Darrow to stay true to himself though and i've got a horrible feeling from what you've said he's not yeah. going to <laughs> so many so many young adult books do that don't they like the ya books where they have the love triangle and then it's like does she pick one or two and then she picks one and one oh he turns his back on her and yeah. stabs her in the heart yeah. no. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> i remember reading the red queen series which i know is really popular and um and she chooses she chooses the king and then literally like two lines later he says like away with her like, what <laughs> really <laughs> three and a half books for this <laughs> so, yeah. Disappointment. <laughs> but i think i think darrow is a strong um i haven't read the most recent uh book but darrow is a very strong character and also you don't necessarily know if like he might come across from his actions as kind of buying into the system and betraying his people but then all of a sudden he'll do something and you're like oh no no he's still true to himself so it's like you all kept guessing all the way through Mm. as well which is quite nice yeah sounds good Mm. yeah what about you rose what have you got um so mine is a horror novel yay yeah um we don't i don't think we we... need a ah yeah (laughs) Yeah, screech Um, yeah, it's called The Passage by Justin Cronin. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's got, um, it's like a, a trilogy. Um, I haven't read the final one, so I, I have, I'm as, as clueless as you are as to how it ends, but I've been told it's like a masterpiece. Um, but essentially it's set in a kind of, um, well, it begins in, in kind of out a very similar world to what we have with a, um, a six-year-old girl who has sort of special powers. She's very an interesting kind of character. And you kind of, you kind of very quickly led to believe that she's kind of the one. She's a very Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of. Nice. Yeah, picking out where <laughs> um, she's the one who's going to save, the, you know, the world or help um, humanity. Um, and it's kind of got different tendrils of uh, plot. So you've also got a, an FBI agent who uh, becomes entangled with her, um, who's quite a, a likable character um, and is trying to figure out what's be, what's going on and has this sense that the world is coming to an end and can't quite put his finger on why. Um, and then you also have um, the a death row. So you have a number, there's 12 different men um who they kind of mentioned but is focused very much on uh one of those um in the first one um and they're kept in a lot of solitary confinement um and it's they are they are you don't find out really in the first book quite how it's all going to entangle mm. itself with each other so you kind of it feels like separate stories for quite a while but you're really um led by the storytelling like the the narrative really drives it forward like i i just it's a big book but i just mm. could not stop turning mm-hmm. um it's one of those like page turners where you're yeah. like oh, what's going to happen next um so yeah and the character of amy actually i found really even though she's quite um She's quite distanced and detached and 
difficult to kind of get to know as a character. Yeah. But you automatically feel very protective of her because she's so young, I think. Um, but there's that jarring kind of sense of her being very, very um, worldly, knowing and knowledgeable and wise beyond her years. So, yeah, it's um, it's really interesting book and it spans a very long time. So it's kind of goes through kind of apocalypse and, and further out into. So there's this imaginary, the breadth of the imaginary world that uh, Cronin has created is so huge. Yeah um because it spans such a long history and it's kind of written very different as well like different parts of the book are written in in kind of um letters that have been found after like mm. civilizations have fallen so it isn't all like kind of just a first person narrative or anything like that um and it just really captured my imagination i found it um and it was scary at times it was um you know, really uh, poignantly horrible at times where it's quite graphic, it's quite bloody, quite gory. Mm. Um, but also had a real heart to it. The FBI agent in it and his care of Amy um, was really touching um, in the first novel. Um, the second one's called The Twelve and it focus, focuses more on those criminals. So yeah, it's, it was really, really good. And I'm looking forward to reading, finding the time to read the third one. It's got a lot of echoes as a stand. Yes, it has. It has got like, Mm. uh, I feel like it's a little bit more, this sounds bad because I do, I did love the stand, but it kind of felt more rounded as Mm. a book. It kind of finished up and, uh, but it does have that good and bad, like evil Mm. versus good, like kind of stance, which is always, it was always, I mean, that's central and that's really nice. Yeah, It really Um, reminds me, like the basic kind of the elements of the plot remind me of, Oh, that there's a Nicolas Cage film. <laughs> I love that we're throwing uh, out all these nineties yeah. film references. <laughs> so it's it's a Nicolas Cage film that has Connor, a, a child. <laughs> I, I, I literally can't remember what it's called. That's so bad. I mean, I, I say that's bad. It, it, it was a terrible film. Oh. Is this the one with the end of the world? It's the one with the aliens at the end that don't make sense. So if the third book oh, has aliens, oh, no. then you know. So he's in it and he's like this husky investigator and he's like, what's going on? And then there's a child who's kind of a bit like the sixth sense child. Mm, like, I have powers yeah. and I do not know why and I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm with you, but I'm not, and I'm wise, but I'm young, and it's that kind of feeling. Yeah. And then he's like trying to calculate the end of the world with this child, and he finds out things through this child, and and then he's like, he's like all action trying to try to stop it. I mean, and then there's like a few other kind of plot points. And again, they all kind of tie together at the end, except they tie together at the end really poorly. So I think this sounds like a much better, yeah, it's very structured and reenacted. It's a Nicholas Cage film that doesn't tie in. At the Do end. not. Do not say a word. I love Nicholas Cage. I love him too. (laughs) That mullet in Connor is legendary. (laughs) Yeah, like he 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 very much does a good um a good kind of like oh is it the end of the world kind of face. Is it knowing? Oh, it might be called knowing. Mm. I was really worried it would be called the passing or something. Uh, Oh, really close. And be like oh no, is it actually a really bad? (laughs) Justin Cronin's like, why did you steal? steal this and then make it really bad well, i remember at the end of the book reading there's kind of like a little section where it tells you it's like an interview with justin cronin yeah. and i think he was talking about how um either he was inspired by his own daughter she said she kind of like prompted him with some of the plot lines mm. or um his daughter growing up had made him think about amy and that had yeah. like kind of been the the germ for the beginning of his, his story mm. so i don't know maybe nicholas cage was maybe. listening to the i mean that could be a risky business taking plot notes from your daughter that could go really well <laughs> yeah could be like and um, what 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 <laughs> creature shall I include as the main monster in this chapter? Spaghetti hoops. <laughs> right, yeah, definitely gonna use that. Scrap that. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, and then the second one that I was gonna talk about, um, I haven't read yet, so it's kind of a bit of a cheat uh pick, but it really caught my eye when I was reading about it, called the Southern Reach trilogy, um, which uh the reason it like sort of looked really good 
is because it's all about Area X, which kind of made me think of kind of um, Area 51, Mm. that kind of like idea. And it's somewhere that nobody has been for a very long time. um, But Southern Reach is a kind of secret government agency that has been sending uh, expeditions to Area X. Um, uh, Eleven and... and, uh, Oh, is it 11th? The 11th one. But anyway, they sent multiple expeditions and one's ended in um, mass suicide. Another one has ended in a hail of gunfire and another one has ended in uh, a kind of pandemic of, of cancer. so they don't quite you don't really know what's going on there and it sounded just really kind of conspiracy theory yeah Um, and the four women are the main protagonists who go into this area to try and figure out how to you know come back out with what's going on in there so i thought it sounded really good yeah it sounds really interesting it It definitely sounds like a one for all those all those students out there who are like, really into their conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do like a good conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah, theory. I love it. Just don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why are you wearing that, like, hat, the silver hat, silver foil hat? <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, rustling around in your silver foil suit. <laughs> Training your snakes. <laughs> it attracts the snakes. <laughs> they speak to her. <laughs> So, yeah, it sounded really good. I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll uh, manage to get through one of them in over Easter. So, yeah. Has anyone got any, any top picks that they're going to be reading over Easter? So you're going to be reading that one. but Yeah, oh. probably that. I don't know. I, haven't... I don't know. I'm going to read, um, well, I downloaded the audiobook, um, and we've talked about it before, but uh, A Thousand Splendid, Splendid Sons. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I did a, last, did a lesson with Year 11 on it. And I, I thought it was so good. I went home and I downloaded it. Oh, that's cool. So that's one of go. my... See, we're yeah. changing lives, even our own yeah, lives. Yeah, <laughs> Inspired. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. I think that... Um, sorry. I think I think Grace's pick last week as well, really. I, I went home and ordered that, the Where the Crawdad. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. You guys have said how good that is. Yeah. So. Mm. I've yeah. um I ordered uh it's actually quite a small book so and I thought it was going to be way bigger so I'm actually um definitely going to read it over Easter called The Mad Woman's Ball have you heard of this one by no. Victoria Mass no. so it's like um yes yeah, it's, it's quite a short book and from what I remember it's set in the, in a time where if if women stood up to their cheating husbands or had opinions of their own or worldly ideas then husbands or men could um declare them insane and send them to sanatoriums so it's um it's kind of around that idea but in this particular sanatorium one night a year um the gentry of the community donate fancy ball gowns and dresses and stuff and then dress them up and then kind of watch them like have watched these mad mad people i'm doing the the inverted commas yeah. <laughs> mad people have have fun and um and enjoy socializing and watch these sort of supposedly uh kind of senile people or, or mentally distressed people like interact but in actual fact they're just women with ideas there's a long oh. um history of like people paying for uh, the entertainment factor of watching mad people in asylums yeah. and stuff, isn't there? Like Bedlam, you could just like go in and have a good old yeah. look at what, what what they were doing for and, fun. And let's be honest, like what think about what the Jeremy Kyle show was. Yeah. Like yeah. they literally would get them in and they'd rile them up and they'd ply them with alcohol and all that sort of thing. And I like, you're gonna say, let's be honest, that is what school is like. <laughs> <laughs> well, but without not... the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that also, also that. <laughs> yeah, like we we've always have been. That's why reality television is mm. what it is, isn't it? Like we're fascinated by oh, the extremes of human personality. Yeah, yeah. And in those days, the extremes of human personality mm. were women with ideas. Mm. So yeah, yeah, no such idea of exploitation. Like you yeah. could just do what you wanted. Nobody was going to say anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So oh, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's know what it's done. like yeah awesome yeah great so uh they are our they are our picks and our chat and our fun times on and this our, episode and our giveaway oh yes yeah. and and if you liked what we did and you think hey i can have a go at doing that yeah. myself then join in um you're by... probably thinking oh that's really easy i could do that yeah exactly so do it so do it, do it. Oh, yes <laughs> 
get some hear it. get some friends or do it solo you can you can do it solo it is possible um yeah. and uh you have the chance to win a lit lounge merch goodie bag of awesome rest. that was so, a good one <laughs> um yeah if you're interested in taking part then uh you will find information on our social media over the coming days about kind of deadlines and things but you know five minute podcasts about anything to do with reading uh any books you recommend um why reading is great um yeah just have a fun conversation about it yeah exactly keep it casual have fun this isn't an english language exam we won't be marking you on your varied sentence types but we will appreciate them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so uh yeah if there's if there's um if there's a burning desire in you to talk about reading or talk about books and you want to talk about with your friends then definitely do that and if you want to talk about it with us then let us know and we can get you in on an episode um to be interviewed as well and uh yeah you know listen and and respond you can use the voice note function hint 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 (laughs) wink wink (laughs) nudge nudge um you can use the voice note function on anchor and you can also uh comment on any of our social media we have pretty much exploded on tiktok now like we are tiktok famous and (laughs) i'm really proud of that and my year 10s are not proud of that but i'm very proud so you should follow (laughs) us on there follow us on instagram follow us on twitter and facebook we have all of the social media now um be our friends don't follow us around school Yes. Oh, yeah. Please yeah. Don't, don't follow do us that. home either. No. <laughs> That's weird. No, please don't do that. <laughs> We've read far too many horror books for that. Yeah. <laughs> and Laura's read Goosebumps and she has a tang of snakes. Yeah. So yeah. I read it. Should be opening from under the yeah. <laughs> Kid crawling out from under the sink. Uh, so yeah that's that's it from us um if you like what you hear then give us a like we've got ratings now people have written lovely reviews about us and we've got many listeners too so share with your friends share with your family share with your pets i'm sure there's some sort of psychological impact that that we can have on them as well and um and we'll see you in the next one have a fantastic easter holidays and we'll be back uh after then Bye. bye listening to the lit lounge the podcast for readers and book lovers thanks for joining us remember to join in the conversation by following us on social media using the handles linked in our description you can also leave a voice note to be featured in future episodes through the voice response feature on anchor we'll catch you next time but for now keep reading used in this episode and for all of our episodes is created by Ixon. You can download this and other fantastic tracks on SoundCloud. Links are in the description.